Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Muddling Through. We hope you're all well. Today, we are going to be muddling through jobs. Ironically, we have both just been complaining about how rough our week has been at our current jobs, but that is what we're going to discuss today. So, we'd like you guys to learn a little bit from our failures and from our triumphs. So, we're going to talk you through a few do's and don'ts when it comes to jobs, a little bit about what we've learned, and um, we're going to talk a wee bit about how to deal with rejection and also tell you some hopefully funny stories about our time and employment along the way. We've both had part-time jobs since we were 15 and we've both gone through a long process of getting jobs coming out of uni, so I feel like we've got a lot of experience in that department. So, you know, we're going to share our words of wisdom with you all. So Charlotte, take it away with some advice for part-time jobs. Yes, so like Antonia said, we have had our fair share of part-time jobs. And the first thing I would say to you is if you're a young person especially, is be realistic with your expectations, especially at the beginning and you have no experience. Don't expect to get really high paid jobs, for example. My brother um, recently has been applying for jobs. He's 18 and he has literally no experience. And I've been sitting doing his applications with him and he's like, why like why can I not just like find a job that's like not working on weekends working like four hours a day like three days a week and pays 10 pounds an hour and I'm like um excuse sorry what like what on earth are you actually expecting this is ridiculous and I honestly just found it so funny but I do think that like don't reject opportunities because you're worried that you're not going to get paid 10 pence an hour because that just doesn't happen especially at the start and following on from that if you do have little experience then I do think it's important to acknowledge that sometimes you need to start from the bottom and that is so okay I did pot washing for a while and I'm not gonna lie like I feel like I gained so much from that experience because from working in a kitchen I kind of learned how to like cook a few things and like I always had like such good banter with all the chefs and stuff and I actually ended up working there like year after year not pot washing in the end um I actually ended up doing waitressing work but they always like wanted me because they were like oh like you have a bit of grit like you have a bit of grind you wash the pots for like a whole summer and now we want you back and I honestly loved working there um and I've also worked in like a stock room like hellishly hellishly early hours like 4am till 7am like three days a week at the weekend so like I was like oh my gosh I can't even go out with my friends on a Friday night because if I'm vaguely hungover I'm literally gonna have to get up at like three o'clock or go straight from the club or something and that just was not an option and um, but I do think these jobs are so so good for getting your foot on the ladder especially if you are young and speaking of my brother he's actually recently just taken my footsteps taking my footsteps that's not the phrase what's the phrase walked in my footsteps walked in my footsteps thank you very much carried on in my footsteps carried no I think I think it's just footsteps no I think (laughs) I think it's they've been I think it's he's been walking in my footsteps he's followed in your footsteps are you sure yeah you're because I feel like walk sounds like you're dead I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's following in my footsteps. Oh my That's it. Following in my footsteps. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Um, he has been following in my footsteps, and he's actually recently taken a job as a KP because they told him that if he worked there for like a couple of months, then the next time he came back next summer, he could work on the floor. And he was like so buzzing that he got that job. Um, and I just think it's all about building and getting your foot on the ladder and getting experience because it really does go a long way in the long run. 
Yeah, completely. I remember at that age, it was so hard initially to get that first job because everywhere wants experience. And I remember everyone always being like, how am I possibly supposed to get a job that you need experience for if nobody will give me a job in the first place? So I completely agree, kind of get your hands dirty, just take what you can get at the beginning. Um, not that I can say I really did this, I was very lucky with my first job. I literally loved my first job. It was one day a week at the weekend in a pharmacy and we got loads of free makeup and free perfume and I made some of the best friends there and it was amazing. You had it so jammy, girlfriend. What the hell? This is before I even knew you, but I can just imagine you like coming home from work like in like a nice little like black outfit having worked at the pharmacy, like smelling lush because you've been spraying perfumes <laughs> on yourself all day. I'm not joking. I used to come home with like egg on my jeans. <laughs> I remember one time it was so hot in the kitchen. It was like the middle of summer. I think it was maybe like 46 degrees inside and I got like a new pair of blue jeans and I took them off and like the dye of the blue jeans had dyed my whole legs blue and oh it didn't come God. off literally I was so sweaty I looked absolutely repulsive but yeah sorry to cut in but I just I just wanted to just really emphasize that you were living the luxury life I 15. was I was living the luxury life. I feel like that gave me some really unrealistic high expectations for the rest of my life because after that I definitely did um, get my hands dirty but no I completely agree with that. Get experience when you can. Also in saying that I did a lot of when I went to uni just like happy clicking, happy applying, just applying anywhere and everywhere and then once I wasn't getting a job straight away I was then getting stressed that I wasn't going to get one so I was just applying to places that were totally unrealistic. I remember I was like spending time on applications to work in the Aberdeen airport cafe and then she phoned me to set up an interview set up the interview and then I was like wait what am I doing it's literally going to take me about an over an hour to get there on the bus to work in the airport cafe to then spend all my money on buses I was like no why have I literally wasted my time and her time on trying to get this job that I like I really realistically can't do so if you can afford to not put yourself in situations like that and waste your time like that hold out because something better will definitely come along that is closer to home and you're not going to spend all your time and money on travel yeah speaking of that actually I remember spending also ages on like indeed like just applying for any random jobs that I could in the area and the applications on that website used to take so so long and I used to remember actually hardly any of them ever got back to you but I do feel like for part-time work especially I honestly couldn't scream this one loud enough use Instagram and social media as a tool Facebook Instagram are both amazing for finding part-time jobs and um, obviously there's been like a massive rise in this kind of thing and I found at least two or three jobs just by typing in Edinburgh jobs into the search bar and it's been amazing. Yeah I remember when we moved to Glasgow me you and Megan were all trying to find jobs at the same time and I had started looking so much earlier than you guys doing all these applications you bitches just come to Glasgow message a few people on Instagram and you've both got jobs so I can absolutely vouch for that it seemed to be very very effective I think for like hospitality jobs especially they do that and I remember going along Barry's Road being old-fashioned and handing in like physical CVs and not one person would take one they were like um if we're applying you'll see on our social media and I was like okay okay social media is the way literally I also kind of feel like people quite like seeing a little picture of you when you apply like I've always sent like the nicest cheery message I'm like oh hi like I hope you're well I'm a uni student looking for a hospitality job like do you have anything going like literally this makes me sound like a massive loser but like loads of emojis like loads of love like, oh. <laughs> 
I would love to work for you. Please, can I send me your C my CV? Your food looks amazing. Like, I can't wait to be part of the staff here. Like, literally, kind of like half bullshitting, half, I actually want to work here. It looks class. But kind of a bit of a bum sook, and it always worked really, really well. So I would definitely say use Instagram to your advantage. Sorry, side note, bum sook. That's the most <laughs> rankest expression I have ever heard. I've never heard that before. Don't ever use that again. That was positively vile. Are you joking? You've never used the word bum soup before? No. Arse liquor. Kissing ass. <laughs> I can't believe I actually feel physically sick. Please speak about something else. That was rank. I've never heard arse liquor. I've only ever heard bum soup. Ew. Can I just say, you guys should really see our faces right now. We're on Zoom and literally <laughs> both of our faces are screwed up, like, ew, making disgusting faces at each other. Just appalled. I actually want to do a poll on Instagram, on our Instagram stories, and see if anybody else has ever used this turn of phrase because I will be shook if people have. I bet you they have. I bet you it's an Edinburgh word. Mm, we'll see. Anyway, <laughs> rankness, moving on. Yeah, just to add to that previous point, actually, if you have contacts, then oh my gosh, use them. This works so well, especially in the hospitality world. Um, I know quite a lot of people get embarrassed about using contacts, and like sometimes I totally do as well, but especially in this scenario, like, don't be embarrassed, it's totally fine. Um, and they go such a long way. Like, honestly, Antonia actually managed to basically bag me and our other mm. flatmate Katie a job in second year at uni because her cousin knew a person that knew a person like do you know what I mean there's just so many links you can find between people and you end up with like class jobs when you're actually working with like fun good people and it's a good time so if you have contacts use them yeah totally agree if you don't ask you don't get and also when you do manage to bag yourself a job be open about your holidays oh my god I have gotten myself into like the worst tizzes about holidays I seem to always need a million days off and I feel like at the beginning I don't want to say I need three weeks off so I just don't say it and then I'm like not sleeping for the first month because I'm pure shit myself that I need to tell them that I need so many days off when really you've got this stuff organized already just be open about it just be upfront about it if they know in advance they'll usually be able to accommodate it um, and don't be me and lose sleep over it because it's just such a waste of time. I really have done that far too much. And also, don't be afraid to ask how much the pay is. I hate that there is this kind of environment that's created where you feel like you can't ask what your pay is. And I hate when people don't advertise it either because then you have to go through the whole process before you even know if it's worth giving up your current job or if it's worth your time. I definitely feel like you're almost made to feel like you should want the job no matter what, when really you've got shit to pay for it, so be upfront and don't be afraid to ask because you have every right to know. Yeah, I totally agree with the, that one. There's so many times when I've gone into like part-time job interviews and they've not advertised to pay and I've been like, I want to ask, I want to ask, I want to ask. And then I actually just don't because I feel like it's just too awkward and that should not be an awkward question like that should be something that like you said Antonia it's like on the advertisement like that should be something that they actually tell you straight away so it's totally fine to ask do not worry about that and following on from that I would also say be transparent at the beginning about how many days you can actually work really think it through especially if you have other commitments like uni or you have another job or anything like that don't say I can do 22 plus hours a week 
to please your employer when you know that's really going to stretch yourself out and you're just going to burn yourself out because I've done this in the past and I've been like oh I can work like 20 hours a week like no problem and then it'll get to like exam season or times when I have stuff due and I have to be like oh I'm really sorry can I cut down my hours this week and that's when they get pissy so you're actually better off at the start being like oh I can work 15 hours a week and people like appreciate like the honesty from the start definitely don't put yourself out there to please your employer because it literally just goes full circle and they end up getting annoyed at you anyway so yeah just be really transparent yeah I've got myself into some really bad situations because I haven't asked for time off really far in advance because I felt awkward about it like for my final exams in fourth year I had had so much time off over summer that I then felt like I could never request anything, like not even moving shifts, not even, like it wasn't even time off, it was moving shifts, so I just didn't request anything. And I ended up working two full days before my exam at 9am in the morning. Do you remember that? I was so stressed. I was literally trying to squeeze revision in every second. I recorded my essays via voice note and listened to myself walking on the way to work on repeat, on my breaks, listening to myself reading my essays on repeat. Yeah, I remember that. I felt so bad for you because actually at that point, I actually had quite a jammy job at this point. I worked like, like I didn't work the weekends ever. I literally just worked during the week. And I had like the full weekend, like sitting in the flat, like revising in my pajamas, cups of tea, chilling. And when I was coming home from work at like eight o'clock and like cramming revision, like right into the evening and then listening to herself speak about what crap before she went to sleep. Like, I'm sorry. That is not like a nice Harry Styles bedtime story. That is like a hideous Antonia Holligan servitude story. That's not nice. It was hideous, but you know something? I think it's made me used to my own voice because for this podcast, boy oh boy, had I heard my voice a lot. But yeah, I was just totally all over the place then. I was crying all the time because I was so stressed. I had my first panic attack actually around that time as well. And it was just unhealthy and I was so disheveled. I actually had like an 8am start and I was like I used to walk to work for half an hour and I remember I was walking and I was like why can't I walk fast enough because I'm a fast walker and I was like something feels weird like why can't I walk fast I was like right so got there did my shift and then got back into my clothes because I had a uniform and I put on my shoes and I was wearing one heeled boot and one flat boot and I had not noticed on the whole walk I was just like why am I not fast enough why am I not fast enough and that was just how tired and all over the place was that I literally did not even notice that I was on two different levels honestly this story cracks me off I find it so funny I just remember you coming home like stumbling about and I was like what is going on you're like I wore a flat boot and a high boot to work and I was like oh my god you need your bed why are you working so many hours what the hell it was so bad but it was so funny so I'm sorry I probably really did laugh at you at the time (laughs) it was mortifying but yeah so don't burn yourself out it's basically the gist of that one Okay, so moving on to grad jobs. Um, so Charlotte, what would you say is your biggest piece of advice for doing applications? Because, you know, I know you've done a lot. Oh my God, that sounded really <laughs> bitchy. That wasn't really bitchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm actually dying. That's so funny. You've lived with me. You've lived through the pain of me doing applications and, you know, all of that. So do not worry, girl. I have done. Now, guys, just so everyone knows over 50 applications and I'm proud of it it's so fine anyway um the biggest piece of advice I would say for applications is give yourself enough time to do it okay I know everyone probably says this all the time but I am such a sucker for doing things last minute I always have the best intentions I'm like I'll do it slowly sit down with a cup of tea I'll do it like three nights a week 
but then life happens life gets in the way it's the night before I'm I'm sweating I'm stressed I'm crying I'm sitting on my bed like I have no idea what I'm doing I always try and tell myself diamonds form under pressure and all that shit I'm sorry sometimes it just doesn't work like that it doesn't you end up just scrambling around and literally you end up writing dog shit answers take your time okay that's basically what I have to say on that one yeah totally and I think it was really hard for you as well because you were in a flat where nobody else was having to do these really intense applications so it is so hard to keep yourself motivated but what you were good at is putting like nights aside time aside and I think it's really important to kind of make a list write them down designate time so that you actually make yourself do it okay application queen what's next um I would say another one is I know it's really hard not to do this sometimes especially if you're doing like heaps and heaps of applications but really try to not reuse your answers in different applications because this is really where things start to slip up. I've done this before and oh my god, I was like, oh, this is such a good use of time. Like I can literally just lift this answer. I think it was like, why do you want to work in commercial law or something? I was like, I could, I've, I've answered this before. This is going to be easy. And I lifted my answer, put it somewhere else. I was like, oh my god, that looks amazing. And I basically had taken the tagline from one company that I had put in an answer, forgotten I'd used it, and put it in an application <laughs> for a different company. <laughs> like oh my god and I didn't realize I'd done it until I submitted it and I was like I've not heard back from that company for ages and sometimes with law like if you don't hear back then they just pay you basically and I was like ah it's probably because I've used a different company's tagline telling them why I, why I want to work for them like I'm sorry it's just stupid I know it's hard if you're pushed for time and stuff but don't use the same answers it's not serving you well yeah 100% and that lesson also teaches proofreading how many mistakes we have both made from failing to proofread. I had to do a presentation for one of my interviews and I spelt the company name wrong, like fully wrong. That was absolutely mortifying. I had one of the partners just, you know, point it out to me, ask me if I knew how to spell the company name. And I said, yeah. The answer was no, I did not. Um, so yeah, I mean, it actually worked out fine, but I was very thrown off and red-faced and probably red-necked and sweating, so proofread. Yeah, actually, also, Antoinette, do you want to tell them about a wee time? I used to get Antoinette to proofread my work all the time because obviously we lived together, and to be fair to her, she is the best proofreader I have ever had. But one time, oh no, 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 it did not go in my favour, Antoinette. Do you want to tell the listeners what happened? Oh, so Charlotte was like right up to the deadline with an application. I literally think you had a matter of minutes and I was just finishing it and I was like making a few changes and she'd been discussing quite a few applications so I had just completely got a different firm name in my mind and I was writing something and I can't even remember what I wrote but I put the completely wrong firm name into her application that she was away to submit like down to the wire and you just happened to like give a quick scan over and you were like what the fuck what the fuck and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god and imagine imagine I like you hadn't read that and I would have absolutely screwed your chances because I put the wrong firm's name in your application honestly so funny looking back on it now I was like oh my good lord if I hadn't noticed that at the time I honestly think it might have been a sentence like I would love to work for blah because blah and it was like I would love to work for blah wrong company I was like holy shit I'm so glad we noticed that I actually think that was it yeah I I think it was the closing line like strong closing statement completely wrong completely wrong not so strong in the end but oh well and another advice piece of advice I would have for applications is research the company 
not just on the company page the amount of times I used to do this especially early doors when I was doing applications I would just kind of like skim the company website and like write my answers based on that but if you can look at any like news articles or ask people who you know that work for them for like any inside knowledge stalk people that work there on LinkedIn that's always really helpful just really get to know the company inside out it really really puts you in a good position on your applications yeah this is where I think like being able to really stalk people comes in handy if you know who your interviewers are going to be stalk them out like you want to know what their hobbies are what their interests are and you want to have exactly the same hobbies and exactly the same interests that just happen to come up in conversation I did this for a few of my interviews try to find out as much about the people and obviously like I'm exaggerating a bit I wouldn't just makeup that I do stuff unlike some people we'll get to that (laughs) but knowing that you have common ground also I think makes you feel a bit more confident and you know to kind of raise that hobby that you do that they do or something like that um so that is really really helpful as well yes so moving on from that and from what Antonia was just saying about someone being a little bit of a liar we will now talk to you guys about interview processes and one thing I would say for interviews is it's okay to exaggerate everybody likes a little bit of bullshit it's not a problem it's all right we're not gonna we're not gonna hate you for that but don't lie don't make (laughs) blank errors don't just make shit up because you get caught out like I'm sorry I really hope no future employers ever listen to this podcast because it's not going to serve me well but just don't lie. One time I'd written on my application that I did park runs. I don't even know why because like I don't think park runs would have made me stand out. That was me. I feel really bad about that because it was trying to be like hobbies and interests and I don't know why I felt like you had to do the park run. I was like I've got park run on mine like you know people love a park run you should definitely put that on your application. I'm pretty sure I just shoved park run on your application for you just Just Antonia once again ruining all my hopes and dreams of ever securing employment trying to (laughs) sabotage my applications no I'm just joking about yeah basically I wrote that I did park runs on my application and then I did what Antonia said she does as well stalk the people that were interviewing me on LinkedIn and saw that he like loved doing park runs and I was like oh my gosh like I really hope he doesn't bring this up because I don't know anything about park runs and I actually don't do them. And I like talked myself out of it. I was like, there's no way he's going to bring this up. It's totally fine. Literally, the second question in my interview was, oh my gosh, like I saw you do park runs as well. Like, do you have, do you have the t-shirt? And I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> like I literally went purple. I had no idea what to say I had such a blank face just staring at him like uh, and he was like oh you have to do 15 runs to get the t-shirt and I was like ah right yeah and he was like how many have you done and I suddenly went oh I've done 22 like I would even know that I'd done 22 and then he was like oh but you don't have the t-shirt and I was just digging myself <laughs> the biggest hole like he could see right through me it was absolutely awful it was not a good time so unless you're an absolute top class liar don't do it because you will get caught out <laughs> well sometimes anyway if you're unfortunate like me oh god yes getting caught lying will make you stand out for the wrong reasons but thinking of standing out for the right reasons this sounds cheesy but try and think of your unique selling point so I hate this question something interesting that's about yourself anything like that makes me want to die but really try and think of something that is going to set you apart so whether that's speaking a different language or volunteering that you do or you know doing a podcast um, or anything kind of like random cool traveling whatever something that's going to make you stand out 
I feel like this is something that gets your personality across and do not underestimate the power of your personality. People want to employ people who they can see themselves getting along with and enjoy working beside, not just someone who is super smart. Um, me and Charlotte always say, emotional intelligence goes a long way. EQ is more important than IQ, that's what we tell ourselves, which I believe is true, and that's just because that's what we've got more of. Anyway, um, but yeah, people look for personality and something that's going to make you stand out. I actually, in the same interview that I got the company name wrong, um, I also told the story of venturing to a naked spa. Um, I can't even remember what the question was. I think it was like, say something that's gonna make us remember you. And I just started spraffing that me and my best friend in Amsterdam took a visit to a naked spa. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. And he was loving it. He was absolutely loving it. I swear that story redeemed the whole interview for me because I felt like it had gone from, you know, bad to worse. But he was wanting to know all, the, all about it, where it was, what it was like, the experience. I was like, I got naked. I got naked. We got naked together with other naked people in naked spa. There were scrubs. There were so many pools. There were saunas. Nakedness everywhere. He's loving it. Not gonna lie, the way you've told this story, it makes this man sound like a bit of a pervert. <laughs> like, this is all I was thinking, is you're like, this man was loving it. I was telling him all about me and my best friend scrubbing, <laughs> being naked, like, uh, and you're like, oh, like, he loved it. Like, my, I was having such a bad interview, and then suddenly I started talking about naked people, it was wonderful. <laughs> no, no, not like that at all. I think he was honestly a bit like, what the fuck, that's so weird, but it definitely made me stand out, and it definitely made him remember me. Um, and I think the pros of telling that story as well got my personality across so yeah definitely be yourself for sure yeah and I definitely think when you are more yourself you kind of relax a little bit more back into the situation and I feel like being relaxed in an interview setting really goes a long way like if I feel really like anxious and nervous like it shows on my face I literally look like I'm shitting myself like I swear I look so uncomfortable and I feel like actually just being like a really smiley happy person like makes an impact on people sometimes I know that sounds a bit mm -hmm. stupid but I really think it does and actually this is a bit of a stupid story but I was asked one time to take like a little passport picture to an interview and they like stuck all our pictures up on this like giant board but I was like oh my gosh I look so grumpy in my passport picture like I look disgusting and I was like oh my god I know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna make myself stand out of the crowd and I'm gonna take like a really smiley passport picture right but it had to be one of the ones from um like the passport kiosk places I can imagine you doing the biggest grin ever, like full face grin, whole shebang. Literally, it was totally like that. So I went to Tesco's and I went and sat in the little passport kiosk and I honestly took more than 10 of these pictures until I thought I got the perfect one. I spent so much money. These They're are so expensive. expensive. They're so expensive. Literally, I think I probably spent close to £20 getting the perfect picture of me with all my teeth showing on this passport <laughs> picture so that it would make me more memorable. I literally looked like the Cheshire cat. I did not look good at all. But I remember being buzzing when I got there and they like put all our pictures up on this board and I was the only one that was smiling and I was like, that's it. That's the picture. I'm going to get the job. This was the job with the park run story. Safe to say, I did not get the job. My picture did not prevail. But... It was a good idea at the time, and I do think in an interview setting, smile, it goes a long way. You were memorable. You were a smiley liar, okay? They remembered you. <laughs> it didn't work out, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. 
again thinking about the way that you present yourself absolutely wear something that you feel confident in that you feel like you look good channel your inner boss ass bitch I remember shopping for outfits for my interview and I was like I really want to be Rachel Zane please make me be like Rachel Zane I literally remember looking at her outfits on Pinterest and being like that is who I want to channel also Olivia Pope from Scandal if anyone has watched that I am obsessed with the outfits that she wears in there but you know as they say dress for the job you want not the job you have and it definitely made me feel a lot more confident and you know like I had a chance of belonging there so yeah outfit is important yeah I would definitely agree although one thing on that point I would say is you want to look confident you want to feel good but also don't wear something you're completely uncomfortable in and definitely don't wear heels if you cannot walk in them. Honestly, I went for a job interview and it was going swimmingly. I was like, I look class. I'm wearing a pencil skirt with like really cute little heels. This is going amazingly. I feel so confident. And then the guy was like, oh, look, I'll take you on a tour around the office. And I, my face dropped. I was like, oh my God, anybody who knows me knows that I cannot walk in heels in the slightest. I felt like Rachel when she came in on Love In last week. I don't know if anyone's watching that, but that was me walking around the office. I could not walk on them. I was like Bambi and I actually think it made a like a bad impression. I just looked like an absolute idiot. So if you can't walk in heels, don't wear heels because it's so not worth it. They also really hurt my feet, so it was not a good time. But yeah, definitely wear something you feel confident in and it will make you feel fab. Oh my god, I can really envision that. Charlotte is such a baby when it comes to heels and absolutely shite in walking in them. So I am absolutely not surprised that that <laughs> happened to you. But yeah, don't feel like you have to wear heels. Loads of people didn't wear heels. I was only one of like a few. So I feel like the time of feeling like you have to wear heels for stuff like that is gone. Comfort and confidence is key. Also, one more point that I quickly wanted to add in is be prepared with questions to ask at the end of your interview because they will always ask you if you have any questions and having some sort of question which is related to their ongoing work or their projects or any new developments and having those prepared shows interest and it gives the impression that you are genuinely considering a future with that organization and a couple of times I have been caught out by saying oh no I don't have any questions it doesn't look good and every time I have asked questions it has generated a really good conversation after so yeah always have questions no matter what and make them related to the company and their work so yeah yeah I totally agree with you on that one actually I feel like in a lot of interviews they ask you like where do you see yourself in five years and in so many interviews I've like flipped that around and be like where do you see yourself in five years and I feel like actually a lot of companies really like that question so maybe you could use that have you I love that that's clever yeah. well done you well I feel like I feel like if they're gonna ask you that question, then like, why can you not flip it around and like, what do what do you see yourself doing? Like, how, why do I, I want to work for you? You know, and I actually, yeah, it goes down really well. So too yeah. right, you've been selected for interview because the employer believes in you. So why should you believe in them? You know? Yeah, completely. The last point we wanted to say on this one as well is back yourself, baby. <laughs> I can't believe I just said like that. I actually. Cringing. I want to throw up in my own mouth. I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, but, you know, I know a lot of people, including myself, that find it really, really hard to speak about themselves, to big themselves up. Like, oh, these are all the things that I've done. This is why I'm amazing. This is why you want to hire me. But honestly, confidence in yourself and your abilities goes such a long way. Um, in the past, I've definitely been asked so many questions like, questions like, describe yourself in three words. And you don't always want to be like, I'm confident, I'm clever, I'm compassionate. I'm sexy. No, I'm joking. Oh, God. Um, 
<laughs> don't ever do that in a job interview I'm totally kidding um but you must do it you must have faith in your own ability because that is how you get the jobs and it's just really important to have that confidence 100% and you know why we struggle with that big bad old imposter syndrome if you haven't listened to our first episode we talk about that a lot um yes yeah, because we're huge imposters and we feel like we shouldn't be there so it's hard to big ourselves up when you're shitting yourself for the fact that you're in that interview in the first place but anyway we have to combat that you are worth the job go out and get it preach it sister love that um however obviously as is life sometimes we won't get the job it won't go well and we will have to deal with knockbacks so give us some advice on how to deal with knockbacks charlotte yes so as we all know from my fifty thousand applications i have been knocked back many a time (laughs) and one thing i find really helpful i have this little rule for myself and i basically allow myself to be sad for 24 hours no more than that counting up the amount of times i have been rejected this actually amounts to a lot of hours this is probably like actually weeks that i've been like you can just be sad it's no problem it's fine but honestly it makes me feel so much better be sad cry eat loads of ice cream do whatever you want to do watch loads of movies just literally just take that 24 hours to be sad and once those 24 hours are over you move on you move up and you move on to the next there are other jobs you will get something just put that to the back of your mind because actually you didn't get it so it actually it doesn't matter anymore don't dwell on it love that I feel like you actually genuinely need time to mourn it like you sometimes put hours and days and weeks into applications and if you don't get it and you especially if you feel like yeah that was a class application and you feel confident about it it's so so shit and it's such a confidence knock but you do have to always put everything into perspective there are always loads of candidates there are always many factors at play it is not a reflection of your potential or on your talent um and failure is not permanent even if you feel like you're at a really low point right now it will absolutely get better yeah i think definitely so many people go into this complete self-destruction mode of blaming yourself be like oh i'm the worst human ever i'm so stupid and it's so Oh, so easy to fall into that trap. But as me and Antonia always say, what's for you will not go past you. And every rejection is about building resilience and getting towards the job that you want. But I would also say that if you do get rejected, ask for a bit of feedback if they don't already give you it. I mean, some organisations are a bit crap and just don't give you any feedback after an interview or after an application. But if you do manage to get any feedback, then put it all in in a wee folder and try and take pointers from each application feedback that you get and really try to work on it because I feel like a lot of people actually are like oh yeah I get feedback and then it you know it just sits in an email actually highlight it write it down put it in a folder whatever and really try to improve on those things and that actually also does really help so I would just use that as a little nugget of advice yeah definitely I am really bad with taking my feedback on board like for essays and things like that I used to not even read it I used to just I'll just keep doing what I'm doing which is stupid because if I've not got an A (laughs) then clearly I could do better and a final point on this is try not to compare yourself with your friends or people you went to school with we've said this a million times but everybody is at different stages and that's okay your time will come you will definitely find your way I think everybody needs to fail at some point you can't always be successful. So just to give some perspective of some famous people who have failed, it's really bad that I love to read these, or is it? I don't know. 
it's good oh i love to read these like see when i actually get knocked back from job applications i always google successful people that have failed and it makes me feel instantly better oh good okay well hopefully people like these so first person is anna winter so she is obviously hugely successful hugely famous she's number 28 on forbes most 100 powerful women but her early career wasn't so promising so after only nine months as a fashion editor for harper's bazaar she was fired for not understanding the american market um, she also then moved to a different magazine which folded a couple years later. So finally, after a few more jobs at different publications, she became editor-in-chief of Vogue. So not an easy path. Um, and she is famously quoted for saying, I think everyone should get fired once. I hope that I don't need to get fired, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you have been let go, don't worry. It doesn't necessarily mean that it has to negatively impact your career. Just think about how it might help. Also... The people that created Airbnb, Brian Chesky and Joe Gebbia. Obviously, Airbnb is huge. It's valued at $25.5 billion, but its co-founders probably would have never predicted their future success back in 2008. Um, they tried to launch Airbnb multiple times. Um, the site wasn't getting any movement, no traction. They were both literally living on cereal, racking up tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt, but they refused to give up. And roughly a year later, they were accepted into a startup company, which helped them get where they are today. So failure and perseverance goes a long way. And this one is probably my favourite. Thomas Edison, we all learned about him at school. And he was told by his teachers when he was younger that he was too stupid to learn anything. So I love this one because I frequently feel stupid. So I'm glad that he got told he was stupid too. Yes, so that is all that we have to say on the job front. We hope that you all find your dream jobs and a massive massive good luck but that brings us on to the next section of our podcast which is the things that we are loving this week so Antonia would you like to share with us what you have got okay so mine isn't exactly a thing but when I feel a little bit low and I need a bit of a pick-me-up um so far as jobs go I love the sun so cringy but I love watching Legally Blonde and I know that you do as well <laughs> it's just because you know honestly it's just such a feel-good movie and no one has any faith in her at the beginning she shows them she comes out on top she's so clever she's creative she's resourceful and I'm like yes and she has really good style for that time maybe not now but at the time <laughs> she was killing it okay so Find your film or TV program or book or whatever that gives you kind of that comforting feeling, that re-motivation and make sure you have it on tap for when you need it. Yes, definitely. I feel like that's a fab one. Um, mine's actually kind of similar in a way. Mine's also kind of for more when you get rejected and you feel a bit shit. And mine is this tiny wee book. It's called She Believed She Could So She Did. And it's basically like just loads of like little quotes um, and motivational things. And I always flick through it whenever I'm feeling down. And I'm like, I can do this. I can absolutely do this. Other people have done it. I felt shit in the past and I've got over it and I'm feeling good. So I would definitely recommend anybody buying that. I think it's literally like four pounds or something so yeah I get a lot out of it and I think some of you would too yeah I love that and now you guys can see why Charlotte does the quote section because she is genuinely obsessed with quotes she lives by them sometimes we send them to each other in the morning so as always we are gonna share with you guys the quote for this episode so Charlotte take it away 
Yes, we love a quote. Um, the jobs quote of the week is, if you really look closely, most overnight successes took a very long time. And that comes from Mr. Steve Jobs, who is obviously one of the most successful people in the world. And preach it, Mr. Jobs, because he is the mister of jobs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How fitting. This is so fitting for the episode. Sorry, I only just oh realised that I was saying it. What a wonderful way to end. Yes. Totally. And, you know, that just shows there is definitely no such thing as an overnight success, no matter what it looks like from the outside. So we all need to remember that. And remember, failing is natural and we will all get there eventually. So, yeah, we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. We hate to be those people, but if you have enjoyed it and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could give us a wee rate, that would be amazing. It goes such a long way and we will love you forever. So, yes, please do that. And we look forward to chatting with y'all next week. Bye. Woohoo!